Great, we're gonna start off with uh, 30 seconds of a random fact. And if you don't have one, you can just cuss a lot and do your best impersonation of Dima. I don't actually have one of that. Grant on bones today. Oh, I'm Dima. Tattoos on one arm, two in the lip. I'm country fuck, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a demon. I like how you say. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well. I want to like really offend people with that. I really do. Like Jordan or Grant or you are making a really good point, and it's just like, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> all right. Hello, welcome to the Ion Stone Podcast. We discuss films, TV shows, and much more. I'm your host Anderson Miller, sitting alongside my co-host Demetri Ray. Sitting with us today are resident special guests Grant Morton and Jordan Williams. How you guys doing? Fantastic. <laughs> Today we're going to be discussing Star Wars Episode 1, <clears throat> The Phantom Menace, which will be the first of many as we are doing a series where we take a deep dive into a Star Wars film once a month. And I'm very excited for this because we have every perspective of this topic covered. Dimitri is a Star Wars expert. He is a diehard Star Wars fan. It is his stomping ground. Whereas Jordan and myself, we're probably more of the casual Star Wars fan. We enjoy the films, for the most part. The video games. Hmm. I've read a few of the comics. So we have a good base knowledge of characters and lore. And then Grant may or may not have seen a Star Wars film for the very first time. And we're going to find out right after a word from our sponsor. Are you trying to start a new podcast? Well, Anchor is the easiest way to do so. All you have to do is record your show, upload it to Anchor, and your podcast will be published anywhere that podcasts can be found. For free! There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right to your phone or computer to make your show the polished product that you envisioned. Anchor is undoubtedly your best companion when it comes to reaching your audience and expanding your brand across the globe. Alright, so we're back. Now, I'm done screwing around, Grant. I want to know, did you or did you not watch Star... Actually, before we get into it, I'm sorry, but I think our audience deserves to know why we're anticipating this answer. So, Grant once said, and I quote, <clears throat> Yeah, I've never watched any of them. I always thought they looked kind of weird and stupid. Ooh! Mm. Look at us now. So, needless to say, Grant is not a Star Wars guy. Which is fine. Unacceptable. But he wasn't planning. He wasn't planning on being on this episode. Not because he doesn't like being on the show. He just didn't think he had anything to contribute. Which is fair. But I beg to differ. So I called him a little over a week ago, and I was like, Grant, you should still come on and represent the guy who 
isn't a Star Wars fan, you know? So when they tune in, they can relate to your perspective. And he was like, okay, fair enough. So he wasn't too hard to convince. But I was like, I got this guy who isn't a Star Wars guy coming onto the Star Wars show. I'm gonna push the envelope. So I was like, yeah, if you get bored, just go ahead and maybe give it a watch. Even if you don't watch the whole thing, just turn it on, see if you can get into it. And he was like, yeah, I might do that. And I was like, but I don't want to know about it. You know, just do it for you. And then he was like, well, you know what? I won't tell you guys if I did or didn't until we're sitting down recording the episode. Mm -hmm. So here we are. And thus, <laughs> brings truth. us back to the answer to the question that we're dying to know. Did you or did you not watch Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? I did not. Oh. Uh, I That's tell you okay. what I did do, though. I, I did watch a guy on YouTube... Uh, talk about it and there's a part of me that's glad I didn't watch it because uh, from what this guy had said it was not a good movie he has said that to be fair there movie, are Star Wars fans that think that too he has said this movie is a lot of walking and talking sitting and talking a lot of we need help in the action and it is good at the end but for the most part, um, seems very choreographed and like scripted. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, it is a movie, no shit. Um, but I just, I don't so, know. So, so basically, you're saying that if you were going to watch a Star Wars movie, from what you've deducted, that would be the wrong one to start with. Yeah, I don't know. I I always thought like the. When I saw like, the kids in costumes when I was a little kid, uh, the Bobo Fat dude, the <laughs> one with the green helmet thing running yeah. around, I always thought that dude was cooler than shit. Okay, I was, that's my favorite character. Yeah, so. I'd, get, I'd watch that one, whatever that's Sounds in. Sounds like you need to start right. with episode five or six, then. Okay. Episode five, then. Ep Which is what everyone thinks is the best Star Well, yes. majority of Star Wars fans think that Empire Strikes Back is like the definitive Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. huh. Which is where he's debuted. Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Is that the one where he, like they fly into that like blue planet looking thing that's like an ocean all the way around? Mm -hmm. Is that Interstellar? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's that's a Star Wars movie. movie. I've, I've seen one when I was a little kid. Two. Oh, oh, Camino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everything. When uh, they're like, they got a bunch of So that's of interesting because that does feature. It does. Fett, yeah. You know, like. Is that the sense. one where he's like, they're in, like, Bobo Fett or Fat or whatever? Fett? Fett? Okay, I like Bobo. That's Bobo Fett. That's fired up. <laughs> Bobo Fett uh, flew onto this, like, blue planet looking thing. And when he walks into this, like, fucking spaceship ordeal. There's like a bunch of the white clones or whatever. He's, he's, I, yeah. I, I don't know what episode that is. It's two. Two. Okay. Yeah, well, I've seen two. I watched that when I was a little kid. I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, pretty sure I remember something about the Star Wars movie at one point in time. But I, I'm uncultured swine in Star Wars. I, it's fine, Grant. I thought it would be fun to start the show with figuring that out because I was actually hoping that you didn't. Because I, I think it'd be funny for anyone tuning in. They're like, oh man, they're talking about Star Wars. And the first thing they hear is you being like, eh, it's like dudes in bathrobes with laser swords. Like, you know, it's just like I mean, that's, totally shitting on it. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, like, I and I don't understand the creature things. 
Like to be fair, I don't either. What the hell is a Yoda? I I love the. Oh, well, well, see, that's the thing is nobody knows uh, Yoda species, their origin, anything about it. George it, Lucas never did. There's, there's actually a lot of that in Star Wars. There's, yeah. there's a lot of shit that just isn't explained, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's a part of like the mythos," and it's like it kind of feels like a cop out. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars guy. Like, I'm not hating. On, I'm just saying it feels kind of lazy. But I well, think George Lucas, after like after listening to this guy, I think George Lucas was too far ahead of time because he we, always has been. There's been like. Episode one, supposedly, which, I mean, I've never watched it, so I really don't fucking know. But apparently that's, like, when he got too crazy with CGI. Mm. In a lot of the scenes, you can really tell it's been CGI'd. Um, I don't know. I Like, it, stuff like that would be hard for me to get into. Like, um, Spider-Man. I can't get into Spider-Man. Like... Yeah, I've been bit by a spider and it fucking itched. I didn't get to shoot <laughs> a fucking spider web out of my wrist. Superman. Well, technically, neither did uh, Tom Holland Spider Man or Andrew Garfield Spider Man. They had to make their own webs, so well, see, you could I, try that. I could try that. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to uh, people who actually like the movie. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get we'll get back to you, Grant. We'll oh yeah, back to you. I'm here. Um, Twenty minutes goes just shitting on it. I'm going to start off by saying that this is almost my favorite Star Wars film. And like I just told you, majority of the Star Wars fandom thinks this movie is one of the worst. Um, so I'm not like, it's not a popular opinion I have, needless to say. But it was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. So that has a lot to do with it. You know, like I grew up watching the original three. And yeah, I love those movies, but... There's just something about going to a theater and seeing something like this for the first time. Right. So this has that advantage versus any of the other movies. Um, and also Darth Maul, I think, is the coolest antagonist, not just in Star Wars, but almost ever. I think Darth Maul is so perfect. And another opinion I have that's not popular is that his amount of screen time and dialogue is perfect and should not be touched. Mm-hmm. Even though majority of his lines got cut from the movie, yeah. and that had people really upset, but I think it really added to his like me as a kid going to see it in theaters. I was like, actually scared of him. I was like, oh, he's on screen again. Oh crap! And he's just silent. You know, just yeah. Silence plays a powerful key in movies, especially when it comes to the bad guy. Mm. Just because you never know what's about to happen with them. No. But, yeah, so it, it's almost my favorite, but I will say Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith is my favorite. No, Any, anytime yeah. I try to say that Phantom Menace is my favorite, Dima quickly re- reminds me of why it shouldn't be, which he makes fair points. He makes fair points. But it, it just holds a special place in my heart, I guess. I don't know. And, like, even, like, I just watched it last night. Mm-hmm. It, there was just something about Darth Maul, man. And Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, I kind of wish we could see more of Liam Neeson's work as uh, Qui-Gon. I know he voiced Qui-Gon in some of the Clone Wars episodes um, mm-hmm. without really giving anything away. No details about that um, for those yeah, of you who I, haven't seen it yet. Jordan, you haven't watched any of the like outside animation shows, have you? Yeah, I've watched some of the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. And it was kind of frustrating, though, because it was out of order. You have to, like... So, I don't know. I watched it, and my friend sent me a 
link to how you should watch the Clone Wars. Really? Yeah, it doesn't go in order. So wait, the way they air it isn't in order? I I mean, I've watched it from... So when I would watch the Clone Wars show, I'd watch the movie that came out in, what, 2008, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, where we were f- first introduced to Ahsoka Tano. Um, I'd watch that, and then I'd watch season one through season seven, I think it is, of the Clone Wars. I always thought it was in order, but... You're supposed to start with episode one. It's cat and mouse. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It, uh, it's out of order. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, you can watch it in from season one all the way through, and it makes sense to me watching it. So it's not like you'll really be too confused. I can't. Con- I mean, I haven't. In my opinion. As you know, I haven't watched any of the animated stuff yet. I I tried to start watching it, and it was hard for me to get into, like, the designs. Yes. Just because when you see somebody in life for anything, like, if you see somebody in real life, and then you see, like, a 3D rendering of them that's supposed to, like, represent them in a sense, but also be its own thing, it's just kind of weird, you know? Like, it's like, I wish you just would have made, like, a copy of that person in this rendering instead of, like, change, I don't know. So it was kind of hard for me to get around that, but I am going to eventually try to watch them. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, the movie for that and the uh, um, first couple seasons of that is kind of difficult to get past the animation. Mm. Yeah. Like, even I admit that. Like, I think it is a little difficult. Um, it does get better, but though. it's fantastic. That crap you were showing us that one day, that, yeah. that looked really good. good. It gets really good. I shouldn't say crap, but yeah. <laughs> Whatever that show was, it looked good. But, yeah. So it says... Why is Clone Wars out of order? Many of the episodes were released out of chronological order for reasons that could pertain to creative decisions or network scheduling. This occasionally led confusion, led to confusion when episodes would drop that actually preceded the events seen in previous seasons. Oh. Interesting. So, well, it's interesting that you could watch them and not, like, think that there's an... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's... That kind of reminds me, I'm going to get off topic for a minute. Have you guys heard of Kaleidoscope on Netflix? Yeah, I've uh, actually started watching it. So, it's a whole story, like, with the beginning and end, but you can watch the episodes in any order you want to. Alright, so, we're going to go around the table for everyone who has seen this movie. That's not you, Grant, just a little way. Starting with Jordan, I want to hear overall thoughts on the story. I love the story. I thought it was... I love seeing, like, the origin of things. Anakin's one of my favorite characters. Hmm. Um, so I like to see, you know, the origin of him and his story and kind of what made him who he is. I thought the action at the end was really good. I thought it was really fun to watch. Um, that's pretty much what I have to say about it. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with that. Um Anakin has always been one of my favorite characters. Um, and honestly, I feel like a lot of people can relate to Anakin, like, as a person. Um, he, I mean, the kid's been through a lot. He grew up um, as a slave, eventually losing, or he was with the Huts who lost him to Wado in a pod racing bet. And... 
he grew up and the next thing you know his life gets turned all the way upside down being freed and all that other stuff that we'll mm-hmm. get into later and he's he's a nine-year-old kid who never sees his mom again well I, technically he does but you know so i feel like a lot of us can relate to him like emotionally where we can kind of feel for the kid and you know which i think george lucas did a great job at that mm-hmm. uh in the writing i know a lot of people complain about the writing in episode one through three but i think he did a good job with it um and then you know you kind of see him grow up and like jordan said the last battle uh the duel of the fates is fantastic and great i know you said the guy that you watched said it just looked staged and everything in my opinion it didn't i think they did that so perfectly um and the stunt coordinator i don't have him wrote down but he just did a great job with ewan mcgregor and uh liam neeson and ray park yes ray parker and ray parker yeah dude he's he's um, so cool I, i don't really think you can you know really talk bad about that fight scene just because it was such a powerful one it was the first first one that we seen where the cgi was more closer to modern times versus what george lucas was trying to work with back in the 70s and i feel like you know that movie was made for us our generation our parents had episode four through six that those movies were made for us and i think a lot of people forget that yeah you're right my dad he still hasn't seen yeah the prequels and a lot of them or any of the anything the after last three that came out yeah. so to him it's just like the first three that was it yeah like he's good so um i'm gonna say something i guess i'll say my thoughts on the story i do think the story is really good um it's definitely aimed more toward a younger audience i think because as an adult watching it like the beginning crawl we're talking about like the trade federation all this crap i'm mm-hmm. like i don't care about this right you know and i'm like I, I know a kid doesn't care about it yeah. so it's like but I, they're trying to set up, like, why the Jedi are there. So I get that, but it was kind of lame, honestly. Also, they say two Jedi Knights, and uh, uh, Obi-Wan's not a Jedi Knight yet, so that's kind mm-hmm. of a little hiccup, but well, whatever. Well, I don't think it was, because the, I don't think the Trade Federation would have known specifically, like, Pad 1 and Masters and Knights. And... So are we assuming they wrote the crawl in the beginning? Because I, I, to me, that's like George Lucas is telling us, like, the setup for his story. Oh, like you, know, like the beginning, like where the words yeah, are. Yeah, like, sorry, I, it says I was... two Jedi Knight. I'm like Obi Wan's not a Jedi Knight. That's yet. true. Okay, I I see what you're saying now. My mistake. Ignore me. No, you're good. No, I, I was actually asking because I don't know what perspective that's being presented that's to. A us. major hiccup. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I do it agree. Really is, and it's right in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So I was like, but I only noticed it because I was sitting here like, this is like. One of the beginning crawls I really don't care about. Like, I was reading, I'm just like, this is really boring. It's political and just yeah. like... And then you see two Jedi Knight, and you're like, oh, okay, there's the juice. Yeah. And that is what's cool about that is, like, we're finally seeing Jedi mm-hmm. in their prime. Like, the first three movies, we're, we're watching Luke chase this idea of a Jedi. Right. You don't really get to see one in his prime. You've got old Darth Vader, old Obi-Wan. Yeah. You don't really know what a Jedi is either in the first three. No, I mean you're along the ride, the you're, ride with him. Yeah. Like you, you have no idea what he's going after, so being able to what see they're capable really cool. of, or mm-hmm. yeah. So it was cool to like that ending fight. You know, you got Darth Maul flipping around and yeah. And George Lucas actually said that in an interview or the behind the scenes. I can't remember what. It's been a little bit since I've seen it. But George Lucas was saying, in these three movies, I want 
and he kind of said the same thing. These are the Jedi more in their prime, and mm. they're more, they're they're everywhere at this point. I mean, you got tens of thousands of Jedi at this point. So he's like, everything's going to be bigger than what it was in the other three movies because all these people are younger. So I want bigger. I want more intense. And each movie he was going for more and more intense, which I think was a really cool little detail that he did. And episode one started off perfect for that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say a second ago, I agree with you and Grant, or I guess the guy that Grant was watching the video. I, I agree with that guy, but I think the ending fight is iconic. Uh, the music really helps. That music yes. is just God tier. Duel of Fates. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to beat that. It is. Um, and it does look really good. Mm-hmm. But it also does look staged because it is staged. Right. And not only that, but if you look up the uh, dance style they uh, molded that fight after, mm-hmm. it's literally meant to look theatrical instead of like really? practical. And oh. if you do pay attention to the lightsaber swings, most of them aren't really going toward the body. Yeah, they're going Which a lot of people have a problem with. Now, me personally, I don't because I'm like, it looks really cool. And I think it looks better than like if you had laser swords, <laughs> lightsabers. I'm going to call lightsabers now. But if you have lightsabers and you're sitting there like swinging at the body, I think it would make for more like awkward positioning. Yeah. And I don't know. So I think there's a reason to why they went with the dance style of combat. Well, that's the thing is it also but depends it, on the lightsaber fighting style. But if, but if you're one of those people that, like, looks into it hard, it's it's the same as the Red Room fight in uh, mm-hmm. Last Jedi, or Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Like, that is just so terribly... I don't think it's as bad as that. The cor- the choreogra- choreography in that is, like, awful. Yeah. Awful. So it's not as bad, but yeah. I don't know. So I do agree a little bit with the guy that you watch the video of it, it does it does give you a staged feel also a little problem i have with the movie in general is they start off showing you jedi in their prime and their abilities like in my notes i literally wrote down like all these abilities that you see with force mm-hmm. powers and i was like oh man this is just like the force unleashed game you know yeah you got force choke you got force throw you got force push force dash yeah and that's what i have an issue with is how come obi-wan doesn't dash through the freaking uh, hallway where those uh, force field barriers are yep. popping out. And I, I've always thought it's because he didn't know the timing of it. So if you force dash, you you risk getting hit by yeah. one. No but clue. last night I realized he turns his lightsaber on after that long pause because he can sense they're about to turn yeah. off. So yep. I'm like, you can sense that, but you couldn't force dash to like, you know, so I'm like, I defeated my own theory. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's so good, but it, I, um, I, I like how you are introduced to the difference between Jedi and Sith mm-hmm. just by the way they behave when the force field is up. Darth Maul, you can tell he's angry. That's, he uses his hatred as he's supposed to as a Sith to fight well Qui-Gon his natural instinct is to sit down and meditate and that's where you really get like a idea of okay what is the actual difference between these guys with the red lightsabers and these guys with the blue and green ones right so it's very true and I've always loved that scene I just I was sitting there thinking last night like I literally did all this in my head I was like why why is he not force dashing so he runs he literally just goes like a jog and then the bean comes out and he's like oh i really <laughs> yeah. 
the uh, Star Wars Episode One book uh, by uh, what was her name? I do apologize. By Patricia Reed, and it's a great book. She did a great job. There's a lot of things in this book that isn't in the movie that I wish that was, uh, and she kind of explains that like part a little bit. It's yes. Um, but she kind of explains that Obi Wan. The back of it. Show the back to the cameras. That's that's really cool. Obi Wan wasn't really sure on the timing. Yes, he kind of had an idea like they were about to turn on. Oh. Um, but he eat. thought he could run and beat it just with his natural run, and I feel like that's part of the reason why he didn't dash is because he. Okay, that's that's a fair point. It's like a rookie mistake. Yeah, and you gotta remember, Obi-Wan's a Padawan learner at this point. Yes, he's a very strong Padawan. He, Qui-Gon Amy says, there's not much more I can teach you. Because Obi-Wan is such a very great Jedi. Like, even at that age, yes, he he is a little defiant. Yes, he questions Qui-Gon a lot in the movie. He even Mm -hmm. apologizes to him. I'm sorry I haven't been a a good Padawan. Um, And... But he's young, and that's the thing. And George Lucas explained with like the Padawan braid: the longer it is, the more knowledge the Padawan has, and the closer to the trials to become a Jedi Knight they are. Um, anyway, that's just a little side note for that. But Obi Wan was too focused, and the book explains it perfectly, which I will refer to this book a lot today. Oh, that's, um, that's cool. The book was saying that Obi Wan, after Darth Maul elbows him in the face, and he falls the two, three stories. And then he's looking up at Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. He is worried about Qui-Gon because, yes, Qui-Gon is a very physical fighter. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Qui-Gon's history at all, he has always been a very blunt physical fighter. But Qui-Gon's getting older at this point. Darth Maul is in his prime. He's a young, hateful uh, Sith. And I think that's so perfect for Obi-Wan not to think of, oh, I need a force stash here to get over there because he's so hyper-focused, that should be me. And it says it in there, Obi-Wan is thinking to himself, I need to be there, that should be me, not Qui-Gon. He's so focused on being there with Qui-Gon to protect him, and that, I feel like, is a big reason he didn't force stash because I've always had the same question. No, that that, that and, actually makes sense. I'm glad you said that because he is a Padawan, and I'm glad Jordan mentioned the mm-hmm. intensity of that scene yeah. because just the contrast in their demeanor when that barriers between them yeah. just builds tension mm-hmm. there, i mean you got the music and everything but like there's no dialogue there's yeah. no action other than like the slow pacing back right. and forth of darth maul but the cool thing is they show that obi-wan is doing that as well so it kind of shows that he's not on qui-gon's level yet no. you know he's still learning yeah. and he's he's got that eagerness to yeah. And you also got to keep in mind, Obi-Wan at this point in time, in episode one, Obi-Wan is 25 years old. He is a year older than I am, fighting a Sith Lord who the Jedi have not seen, as Mace Windu says, in a millennium. They have been extinct, according to the Jedi, forever at this point. They haven't ever been seen. So this is the first time Obi-Wan has ever seen a Sith. Before that, it was all stories, everything he's heard from the Masters and everything like that. Even the Jedi Council was like, there's no way the Sith would have returned without us knowing. K.O. Mundi um, even said that. Mace Windu said that. Yoda said the dark side clouds everything. There's no way to know for sure. So he was a little more open-minded. But the entire Council brushed Qui-Gon off in the beginning of the movie and was like, no, there's no way. And 
you know, so Obi-Wan is fighting this Sith <sighs> after only really practicing against droids. At that point in time, they, they didn't really practice to fight a Sith. They practiced to fight droids, people with blasters and stuff, not really lightsabers. So all of this is new, especially for a Padawan. Yes, Obi-Wan was ready for the trials, according to Qui-Gon. Um, but he was still young. He was still trying to figure everything out. Like it, It's like you know, going from one thing and then having to completely forget about everything you learn and relearn something completely different that's way up here versus it being down here. So there's a lot of change happening at one short instant. Yeah. So you guys might know the answer to this. I can't think of it off the top of my head. What is the last... Because Darth Maul's, you know, he's only got like a couple lines in this mm -hmm. movie, but he says, uh, finally we can reveal ourselves to the Jedi. We will get our revenge. I'm sitting there thinking like, I'm not really, I'm sure there's probably a story with like Knights of the Old Republic or something that I'm not too sharp on that he's referring to revenge. Because yeah. uh, at this point, you know, if this is like the first movie in the right. story and you haven't read books or anything, it's like, what's he referring to? But also, also, um, reveal ourselves so that on top of them literally saying how long it's been since there's been a sith presence who was the last like known opposition in terms of a sith that jedi like dealt with is it ravon or raven is it or is that too far back no so i think it might have been raven okay. um that's something i will have I would have to like go back and that is a character I want to see in a movie by I do too. So bad. He's I've actually only, my favorite set. I've only seen his design, but yes. aesthetically he looks really cool. Yeah. It's like what Kylo Ren wants to be. Right. But was he human? No. I don't think so, is he? I think he is, yeah. Oh. Okay. I think. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. There's a lot so, of he's got like a mask and so yeah. you can't really see what he looks like. Um if I'm remembering correctly though, he was actually a Jedi at one point. Yeah. Who fell. So I do believe he is a human because I'm wanting to say that um, I've seen a video about his history on TikTok because mm -hmm. my TikTok is Star Wars, of course, Marvel, <laughs> DC, and then a bunch of other random stuff. But I did see a video of him um, where I think he is human. I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, just, I couldn't because I'm sitting here wondering, like, how long has it been since the Jedi have had a real threat? Like, because he just made a good time. point. They Knights can all, the they can all be in these classes with yeah. the droids floating around shooting lasers like, oh, I'm a real Jedi now. But it's yeah. like, you're not really doing anything. Qui-Gon's had to have fought Obi-Wan. Oh, absolutely. I do think they still sparred with their masters and stuff. Yeah, I just... But it wasn't necessarily, you know, it was more of to help them against, you know... I look at it like stuff. training for war. Like right. you, you can have like paintball simulations, yeah. but then when you go like overseas and you got someone literally trying to kill you, right? It's just a whole other level. Oh, for sure. And I think you just made me realize something about Obi Wan. Like that was his first time like stepping up to the plate, yes. and having to do something. Yes. Like there wasn't like, hey, turn this thing off. I'm worn out. Or, you know, like, right? There... He had to eliminate what was yeah. in front of him. You're either dying, so, or you're killing him. Yeah. You aren't that Darth Maul wasn't just gonna be like, all right, truce, I'm done. No, he had way too much hatred and way too much anger in him, not to be killed. I yeah. love. It's kind of random, but I I love when they are with the um, the people from Naboo, and the door starts opening and the music starts playing. 
And oh, those yeah. people with the guns just are like, oh, yeah, the royal and guards. Like, and they're like, we'll handle this. Dude. And they just back away. Yeah, I. That's that gave me chills in the scene. theater. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Darth I was Maul, a kid, but I remember that. Yeah, he probably didn't even, like, recognize. Uh, he didn't even give them any attention. He was just so focused on the two Jedi there. Just, just the way he, like, gets his hood. Oh, yeah. down so slow and calm. Like, he's just about to, like, do his... Yeah. And see, that's what I like about Darth Maul. Is, like, he was so calm. Until yes. right, right before things popped off, he was as calm and collected as you could be. Like, for having that much hatred in you. And I think that was perfect. I'm curious. Do you guys agree with me or disagree that his amount of dialogue was perfect? I thought it was perfect. Okay. I really liked it. There's literally, it made him more mis- I'm mysterious. I'm glad to hear because I've never asked you this, but I've always thought it was perfect. There's literally, like, Reddit yeah. groups with thousands of members yeah. where they're like signing petitions like release the extended cut we need more Darth Maul so, I'm like I do agree with that but I don't because I'm like you I, get him in a show right like he's you do a- but there is and I say I, I do agree with that I agree with it to a certain point so on Tatooine and the book gives us more details about right before Qui-Gon or I'm sorry when Anakin is freed and him and Qui-Gon are running back to the ship uh you get that porn off there, dude. <laughs> but it kind of showed that the uh, oh man, what are those those droids? BB sevens. No, the the probe droid. There we go. Drawing a blank. The probe droids. Darth Maul's one came back, or two. The two came back. Two or three of them came back, and then <sighs> he left on his speeder with one of them, and um. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, that probe was taking Darth Maul to Qui-Gon. And what the book showed was when Anakin was freed, he went to Watto to get his the slave like chip thing that will explode and blow you to pieces. He got that disabled, which I wish we would have seen because that was phenomenal. But then they were going back to the ship, and then Qui-Gon destroyed the probe droid, and that's when they started running. And Anakin could barely keep up, as we saw in the movie. And then that's when Darth Maul ended up coming, was after the probe droid was destroyed. Um, and then Qui-Gon tells Anakin to drop. He drops, he feels the wind on his back, and Darth Maul jumps off, and they start. Now, I this the part that I'm getting to is what I wish they would have showed a little more of. Qui-Gon, after that fight, yes, it was the first time Qui-Gon fought a Sith. So it was exhausting as is. But what they didn't show was Darth Maul actually jumped on the landing ramp with Qui-Gon. And then Qui-Gon had to fight in there and then knocked him off. And then that, hmm. when he lands, that's when the that's what the movie shows again. But So it's just kind of explained that Darth Maul wore Qui-Gon out a little more because there was a little more to the fight than what we saw. So in an extended cut, you just want more of the action with Darth Maul, not yes. the dialogue. Okay, yes, I don't want more dialogue. I, I think dialogue any more dialogue with him would actually take away from his mystique, yes, which is a I big agree. part of what makes him scary. Yes. It's, I mean, it's like the whole Sigma male thing, you know, like stand right. around, be quiet, you'll yeah. have your hands in your pocket, let him know you're ready. Like very Darth Maul is very Sigma, you know. He's, right. I, I like I any any extra stuff would ruin yeah. his character for me. I just and a little more information about that scene. So Anakin gets on the ship, and he tells him Qui Gon's in trouble. Obi Wan didn't see where Qui Gon was at first, and he finally did. And he considered saying or reaching out to the Force of Qui Gon, saying behind you or you know something along the lines of that to be like, hey, let's go. We're right here. Mm-hmm. But he didn't because one, he had faith that Qui Gon would see them. 
or realize they're there. But two, he didn't want to distract him because he knew if he distracted Qui-Gon, that would have been the end of Qui-Gon. Darth Maul would have killed him right then and there. And I that there would have... You know, the rest of the story is like, okay, maybe another Jedi would have went with Obi-Wan back to... Or, uh, not Coruscant, Naboo with Padme and all of the uh, royal group there. Right, yeah. But who would have went with them? And that's the thing, because if it would have been, you know, Mace Windu, then that definitely would have changed Anakin's course. Not saying, you know, Anakin's course wasn't changed after Darth Maul killed Qui-Gon at the end, and that's why it's called Duel of the Fates, because Anakin himself is, it's his fate. Yes, Obi-Wan defeated Darth Maul there, but they still lost because yeah. Qui-Gon should have been Anakin's mentor, not Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was not the right mentor for Anakin because as we've seen, Obi-Wan was so about trying to do the right thing and stuff, even when he knew it wasn't the right decision. He was still ready to follow what the council wanted, yeah. even though he disagreed with them. Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan says in the movie, he says, Qui-Gon, if you would just listen to the council, you'd be on there by now. If you followed the, you know, the rules and all that. And Qui-Gon didn't. He, he, he knew what the right thing was, and that's what he tried to do. With Anakin, he knew Anakin was the chosen one, and he said, I will train him myself then. There's, and... there's a lot of theories that Qui-Gon's attitude with the council... Uh, you know how, like, kids absorb things and, mm-hmm. like, they don't realize it, but, right. like, they absorb things. Like, Anakin was there when mm-hmm. Qui-Gon is defying right. the Jedi Order. Like, they're suggesting he shouldn't do something. He's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. That actually inspired Anakin's rebelliousness yeah. that grows into a monster, True. you know, by the third movie. So, there's a lot of people that blame Qui-Gon for Anakin. Be- and I, I kind of see where they're coming from, but me personally... I have an issue with them not taking Anakin on from the beginning when Yoda informs him, like, we are not going. It's like, why? Because clouded his future was. Well, okay, well, it's unclouded. Like, you guys are the Jedi. Like, you guys are probably the best chance that this kid doesn't turn into freaking, like, but they denied him. And that's the thing. Anakin, so in the book... Goes back to that scene. Or and, kill him. I don't know. Like, execute. <laughs> right. But the book goes back to that scene. Anakin, when he's answering the questions about, I feel cold, and then he tried to lie to them, and Master Yoda goes, see through you, we can. Anakin was thinking after, because after the, he was reading ship, cup, ship, after the questioning, they go back to reading that again. And Anakin's thinking, was that another test? Mm. And it gets me thinking, that was probably another test. But Qui-Gon, Anakin would have felt more comfortable going to Qui-Gon and being like, look, Qui-Gon, this is the thing. I am in love with Senator Amidala, or at the time, Queen Amidala. Yeah. And, you know, I want to marry her, and I I don't know what to do because it's technically against the Jedi. Qui-Gon would have been that father figure that Anakin needed. Obi-Wan was more like a brother to him. And he says that in episode 30, Anakin, you're my brother. I loved you. Qui-Gon was who Anakin needed. And about Padme Amidala in the ship when Anakin's like, are you an angel? And she goes, a what? And he said, an angel. And all that. Anakin tells her, I'm going to marry you one day. Straight face and everything. And I was like, ooh. And it gave me chills reading that because I was like, he already knows. 
And she said if she was on Naboo, she would have taken it as flattery, but she doesn't know this boy, and he's serious, and it kind of weirded her out a little bit. But, as we all know. Does their age difference bother you guys in this movie? Nope. <sighs> yes and no. Padme was 15 in the movie, in episode 1. Anakin was 9. That's six years. So, yes, at that age, it's a little weird. Well, I'm asking because when George Lucas wrote this originally, he was 12. And I like that age difference better. I do, too. I think it's kind of weird. I do, too. But I guess it's only weird to me because I know what... Like, if you just watch it for the first time and you don't know that they end up, like, hooking up and stuff, you don't read it as flirting. But, like, last night when I'm watching this and I know, like, where it's going, I'm like, is she... Yeah, she you know, like, definitely she, was, yeah. And I, it kind of it makes me wish that he would have went with his original age plan for Anakin and then have, like, an older, taller actor, maybe. Yeah. The growth progression for Anakin doesn't really make sense to me, like, physically, from, like, the first episode of the second. Nine it's quite to, uh, the extreme... What was he in episode two? 19? Yeah. I think it's a 10-year difference. It's, I don't know. It's pretty extreme. I guess he doesn't really look like he's nine, though, in the first one. Maybe I just have a problem with that. Yeah. <sighs> like, when you're nine, I feel like you should be taller than that. Unless you're going to be a dwarf, which Anakin's no. not, so I don't know. It's hard to say, because Anakin's character is weird all the way around. He didn't have a father. He was... Shmi got pregnant through the midichlorians. <sighs> I have... Okay, yeah, I gotta I got tackle that. Um, She raised him, she gave birth to him, all that on her own. Can you can you explain what metachlorians are? So metachlorians, as Qui-Gon says, is they're they they're in your cells and they connect everything together. So it's like the living force is all connected by the metachlorians, which gives the Jedi their power. Now everybody has a metachlorian count, but Jedi have higher. a higher count. So did Shmi have a higher count? So I don't think so, because I don't think Shmi was force sensitive. Because I'm like, how how did it just, like, get her pregnant? Like, I... See, Grant, this is what I'm talking about. This story has, like, things like this that just drive me insane. So, Anakin, who becomes Darth Vader, uh, when he's found on his home planet mm-hmm. by Qui-Gon, played by Liam Neeson, uh, he asks his mom, who's his father? And she's like, he doesn't have one. Yeah. Like, she just got pregnant, like, you know, Virgin Mary. Yeah. And it's like... By, by cells in her body? Like, what? what? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird. And even George Lucas, like, I've literally looked for, like, him explaining this. He doesn't explain it. No. And I'm like, okay. Like, literally the biggest, like, iconic figure yeah. in Star Wars history and all, almost a movie history, like Darth Vader. His origins are just, like, yeah, he just appeared. Yeah. And I think George does, does that intentionally because George likes us because he's a <laughs> talking about this. He's an asshole. Yeah, but there's Dude, just so much that he won't explain. Look up George Lucas talking about like movies in Star Wars realm that aren't his. It's hilarious. Yeah. He's a savage. It's very entertaining. Like even if you haven't seen anything Star Wars, it's just funny to know that like he created this IP. And then he's just sitting back because Disney bought it off of him, and he's watching the crap that they spit out. Well, not all of it's crap, but most of it is. And he he has no, like... He hates it. No filter. I mean, literally, he just goes unhinged. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah, he and does it's not very, like the It's very entertaining. 
it'd be like any story that we've created like if we sold of bad faith to disney and then we're sitting back watching them like just shoot out turd after turd yeah. And if someone interviews us about it, like, yeah, it's dog shit, you know? Like, right, right. <laughs> but everyone's going to think, like, oh, it's the original creators. They're going to, like, say all these great yeah. things about it. Like, no. See, he, it's he kind of hard does. with that because George Lucas had an idea for 7, 8, and 9. And it was a phenomenal idea. It was excellent. It was nothing that happened. And it was nothing that happened. Disney took it and completely changed it around. I mean, yeah, there was, Dude, you they know. they retconned canon. Like, they literally, like. They destroyed it. Took the story and said, no, this didn't happen. Yeah. Never mind. And that's the thing. George Lucas was mad about that. Uh, I don't really want to get too much into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for when we get to those movies. But. <laughs> I can't wait to get to the last trilogy. Oh, my gosh. That's just going to be a shit-talking fest for me. It's going to be very entertaining. The Force Awakens had promise. I will give it that. And, and J.J. Abrams, like, came into a shit show, he and did. I don't blame him. But after that, it was like, oh, let's try to fix the last movie. Oh, let's try to fix what we did in the last... Like, yeah. Instead of progressing anywhere that makes any sense. They're just backpedaling everything. Yeah, so anyways, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that. that later. Yeah. Um, I got a question for Grant while we're still on this yeah. topic yeah. about Anakin and everything. So the Jedi Council, they have this kid come to him that has the highest Mandalorian count ever, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, that's, what, that's what Demo was just describing. Like, that's what makes you a Jedi. You have a higher amount of this than your average person. The higher you, it is, the more powerful you become. Yes. So with that being said, they have this kid who is unaltered by anything in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Like he literally just came from a desert planet. So he's still like a virgin to anything evil in the world. Any, you have him come to you and you're acknowledging that he he's a threat. Like, like Jordan said... Uh, one of the masters says, like, future is clouded and whatever. So it's like, you're acknowledging this. So instead of taking him in and making sure that you do your best to prevent him from becoming what you're afraid of, yeah. you just turn him away, which is what they do. They turn him away. And that's what I was telling Dima earlier. I feel like they shouldn't have done that. So my question for you is, you have a kid come to you with this power and you know that you can potentially train them and make them what you don't want them to be or what you're afraid of them becoming. Right. Would you turn them away to a Jedi who you know is rebellious and stubborn, or would you bring them under your wing and try to, you know... That, that... I don't know. I'd, I'd probably try and... I'd try and give them the best option. I mean, like, if they want to be... You know, if they can be useful for something later on, then train them if not. So you would want them to be on your, like, your watch, like your... Yeah, okay. I'd want to know what they're up to. Let me, let me add to this. He was taken away from his mom. Yeah. So it's the only person he's ever had, like, an attachment to. <laughs> taken away from her, because they were both slaves. He had to make a deal to get Anakin off the planet. She couldn't come. So, pulled away from his mom, pulled away from his home planet... Scary amount of power could be used for bad things, and they turn them away. I just thought it doesn't make I don't know it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Like I don't want to kind of keep them under my. That's what I'm saying. It just I don't know. keep them where I can see them. It's like keep your like close and your enemies. I was watching this movie last night because I've seen it so many times. Like I said, it's it's almost my favorite Star Wars movie. Right. I sometimes will just turn it on so I can listen to the music, yeah. and then when it gets to Darth Maul scenes, I'm like. But I love the movie, and 
I don't know, just last night I was thinking about it. I was like, why do they turn them away? Just knowing everything that transpires from there. And I think that's part of why Yoda goes into seclusion. I could be wrong, but I think he feels guilt from that decision. Yeah. Am I wrong? I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say you're wrong with that. I think it's more of... A lot of it had to do... Yoda knew the Jedi were done when he went into seclusion. So a lot of it was survival. Yeah. But also because I do I do have to agree with you with that. I do think Yoda does take the blame. Um, like he puts it on himself. Like no yeah. one blames him directly. Right, but he's blaming himself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting because you... Knowing what I know about all the movies and seeing all the movies, like you can definitely just like yell at the TV, like "What are you doing?" If you would have just done this, this, and this, everything could have been different. Mm. Or if you would have just made this one decision, everything would have been different. And I think that's the hardest part about watching these movies for me is just like, "What are you doing?" Like y'all are supposed to be the most powerful. Um, people ever and you can watch the Jedi's downfall like especially you can start to see it in episode 1 because they're they're that's the start of them getting so involved with the politics of everything mm. and it's like why? like you y'all are all about the Jedi code but you're not even following it yourselves and if you were to focus on what the Jedi are supposed to be they're supposed to be you know protectors of peace they're not warriors they're not politics that's not their job yeah. yet you're making it your their job and i mean mace windu we don't see it in this movie but mm -hmm. he definitely gets a little sithy yeah well that's the <laughs> thing that i love about mace windu is mace windu is i forget the technical term but the reason why his lightsaber is purple is because he uses he draws from both sides of the force the light and the dark so he is as close to that line of darkness. I thought Samuel Jackson just likes the color purple. Yeah, he. I. That's what I was gonna say. I thought he just right. Really yes, asked that. That's what it was. Like so he did, asked George. So let me ask you, because I've seen what you're saying. Did George Lucas take that and just like type up a meaning for it? Like I, this is my world. <laughs> uh, this means this. Is that what happened? So I honestly don't know. Because Samuel Jackson George was Lucas. literally on the Tonight Show. He was like, "Yeah, purple's pimping." You know, like yeah. that. That was his train of thought. None of this like Jedi mm -hmm. lore or anything. Well, in like... the behind the scenes, I think it's the behind the scenes for Episode <laughs> Two. Uh, he's talking to George. Samuel is talking to George, and he's like, "So." What's up with the lightsaber colors? And George is like, well, blue and green are for the good guys, red is bad guys. And he goes, what about purple? And George just goes, oh, we'll see what we can do. And that that's how it started. But it's like when, and then I don't know if it was exactly George or if it was somebody else. Um, but then they came up with the purple is pulling from both sides, the light and the dark. And that's why it's purple. Because the... The kyber crystals, so the kyber crystals is what gives the lightsaber the color and everything like that. When you're choosing your crystal, because each Je Jedi have to choose their crystal, or more of the crystal chooses the Jedi. Um, one and a half minutes. Yeah. Uh, so when you're doing that, you pick the crystal that calls out to the Jedi, and then you meditate with it, and it gives you the color. And when it's red, the Sith bleed the crystal. So really, they're like harming the crystal, I guess, to like really dumb it down. 
and then the Jedi connect with it, and that's what gives it blue-green. Great, right, what do you purple. think about all this as you're hearing it? <laughs> Sounds fucking wild. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. You have no idea what's happening. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds crazy. <laughs> you know, Grant, I don't, how much time we got? 45 right. seconds. I can get this out real quick. I watch a lot of podcasts, and uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but like, there's some I'll watch no matter what the topic is, no matter who the guests. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, they got that person on, or oh, they're talking about these politics I don't care about. But I still listen just because I like the people on the show. I'm hoping we get to a point where we have listeners like that. So they'll watch this, even though they don't care about Star Wars, and then Every once in a while, when Grant gives his contribution, I'm like, yeah, you fucking tell him. <laughs> Kyle. Yo. Sith or Jedi? Sith. Mm. Sith. Yep, Sith. and I'm going to tell you why. So, Jedi, at least, uh, how do I want to word this? Old school Jedi, because I think the Jedi, at least in the original plans for Star Wars, they were going to, like, like uh, Luke Skywalker was going to kind of revise the Jedi way to where you can have loved ones and yeah. emotional attachments, whatever. Originally, old school Jedi, if you become a Jedi, you have to cut off all emotional ties. You can't have anything that conflicts with, or conflicts with your, like, inner state of peace and that could possibly influence anger jealousy like because he's leading to the dark side so that's why Anakin gets taken from his mom because he can't have her as and also because Qui-Gon couldn't free her and him that worked the way he wanted it to oh 100% Qui-Gon had no remorse for that he was like yep that one worked but uh yeah I just I can't cut people out of my life like that so yeah also the Sith are badass and I would want a red lightsaber you also have to remember though (laughs) Actually, I'm I am conflicted on that. I really do like a green lightsaber. Really? Yeah. See, Don't I prefer blue. Wisdom. Uh, yes. I don't know. To be yes, I think so. Uh, but I yeah, think the, so. the green. Like anytime I would play uh, like a video game with Star Wars characters, I would always choose a green lightsaber. That's funny. I always went with blue. Blue is my favorite color, but I, the green lightsaber just has something to it. It looks very nice. I see blue as more of like an aggressive kind of Jedi fighter. The green is usually like a Anakin, Plocan. Yeah, they they use their intuition mm-hmm. a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than the blue what than the blue lightsaber wielders. Yeah, I just think being a Jedi, and also there's way too many people trying to make decisions in the Jedi yeah. Council, and and they're way too intertwined in the politics. And yep. the Sith is very simple. And even though sometimes this isn't true, it's supposed to be there's always two. Yeah. A master the and an apprentice. Too. Nothing more, nothing less. So I like that. It's very simple. And I, that's why I said it doesn't always work that way, well, technically. Because you got, like, Palpatine, you got Maul, you got Dooku. Well, you technically got Grievous, who's been training that's the, the Jedi. Thing, so you got, like, these though, people that are they're kind assassins. of... Technically, by definition, they're classified as assassins versus. I, I, if you're getting technical, I but I do see what you're saying. But by by general premise, I like the idea of the Sith. The role too. Uh, except for the whole idea that you're like evil, I guess. Yeah. Like I don't want to be evil, but I think I would try to be a Sith, but not be evil. So like I wouldn't kill younglings. It kind of sounds Dude, like you're more of a great Jedi. Grant the third movie, so two away from this one, 
if you could just watch a movie and enjoy it for what it gives you, that's it. Yes, episode three. Anakin, when he's older, before he becomes Darth Vader, man. Oh my gosh, he literally kills kids in that movie. Holy shit! <laughs> like he goes to the Jedi Hall where they're like training the younglings and just slays them. Yeah, it's Order sixty six. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. But so back to what you're saying about like getting taken from your mom, your your family. Most of the Jedi's though. <coughs> they they usually do that when the child is like a toddler or a baby or so they don't really them. yeah or like so they don't really know their family or nothing like that Anakin was one of the rare ones where he was already nine years old with his mom he already you know had these attachments and stuff so right. Anakin is kind of a different story versus how most of them come which the Clone Wars TV series actually shows that very well <laughs> Um, which is one reason why I like it. You see so much more in that, and that's why I'm such a huge fan of it, especially once the animation starts getting better. It is a gripe I have of Star Wars, though. I hate that, like, you can't just watch the movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, because a lot of things that I've had a problem with, you've explained through the TV yeah. show or the book, yeah. which that's cool that those are out there. Yeah. But I hate that there's not enough given to you in the movie to right. explain that. So it's a little gripe I have with... But... I guess they're in a sense acknowledging that, and that's why they're giving us all this mm-hmm. extra content. So, kudos to them, I guess. Yeah. I that's nice. <laughs> that was very nice. Jordan, your thoughts on the pod race sequence? Oh, I thought it was cool. I mean, I don't really think it plays into anything. Well, it does in a way. It plays into Anakin's ability to be a starfighter pilot, I believe. I mean because in in the later episodes they say that i think it's uh ben kenobi tells luke that his father was one of the best starfighters mm-hmm. in the galaxy and for him to be doing that at such a young age i mean that just makes it make sense yeah he says he's the only human that can do it yeah and that's when Qui-Gon says it's jedi reflexes um he kind of got to see the huts which yeah, was that interesting was cool. cgi was terrible it was i do agree with that Right. Jordan what? doesn't know this. You know this. I think that whole pottery sequence is completely unnecessary in the movie. It's really cool. It is cool. It was entertaining to watch in the theater. Yeah. I like, except for the point he just made, because I have considered that, but I think it could have been shorter. Like, I was reading last night, George Lucas, like the version that's on Disney Plus right now, he added the second lap to the race that wasn't in the theatrical version. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it was already way too long. Why yeah. did you add another lap? And, and you get like a you get an intro to Tatooine because at the beginning I think you're just on is it Mos Espa? Is that where he lives? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you get introduced to Mos Espa and then like it gives you an idea of what the planet looks like. Yeah, that's true. Geographically. That's true. I mean you get the Tuscan Raiders, you get the desert, you get the canyons and stuff like that, and like um, because Tatooine is a major planet in all of the series, so. A lot of people consider it, like, Earth's, like, twin in the Star Wars world. Like, you know, it's like the center planet of mm-hmm. the story. It's like the worst planet, though. It is. It really is. So, did you know, the book explains this, did you know that when Anakin was on the ship, when they were heading to Coruscant after Tatooine, um... Obviously, we saw him, and he said he was cold. He, he was cold pretty much since the moment he left Tatooine. Oh, like when 
Padme's yes. taught yeah okay so he actually didn't start in that room he started in like the sleeping quarters couldn't fall asleep was freezing so he went in that room and curled up and he said it was a little warmer but he was still freezing he was hoping Padme wouldn't have seen him and she didn't but she heard a noise and that's why she looked at him mm. but all Anakin was thinking was um where is that oh man I lost it anyway Anakin was thinking, I shouldn't have came, or I should have stayed with mom. I want to go home. So at that point in time, Anakin was regretting. I, I picked that. up on that. See, that was a good execution with what they did show in the movie. Like, like last night watching, yeah. I thought that was like, he's already missing being home with his mom. Yeah. You know, like. And that's another part, like I said earlier, where you can connect with Anakin. It's like, that's such a normal reaction. And it, it, it's. You know, him thinking that is what I think most of us would think. Just because you're taking this kid away from it, like we've said before, you're taking this kid away from everything he knows, and he's already regretting it. Yeah, so it was his dream to leave and everything else, and I think if he could have been a free kid, yet stay there with his mom, I think he would have. At that point in time, I don't think he would have been a Jedi, and I think he knew there's no way I can tell them to drop me back off. And at that point in time was, and I think Palpatine realized that with Anakin, and that is, you know, and there's a bunch of theories and stuff where Palpatine actually was what got uh, Shmi pregnant, where he influenced the Force to impregnate I was wondering her. that last night. I was literally like, I wonder if Palpatine literally planted the seed mm -hmm. for this idea that he had. But then, like, like, what are the chances that they run into him, though? Well, the will of the Force. And Palpatine, being as powerful as he was, can manipulate the Force. And this is, See, this is... I, I understand that makes sense in the world George Lucas created, but it just doesn't make sense in general. Right. It's like, it's such a convenient way to, like, explain right. something. The but. Force. That's, I swear, it's like anything that doesn't make sense in this like world you can just be like oh the force yeah oh okay this magical science that we don't understand so we can't like really contemplate it or whatever um so who is your guys's favorite character in this movie Qui-Gon John. okay any reason why I mean just because you only get him in the one episode and you see, like, I don't know, you kind of see where Obi-Wan learned what he knew. And, like, I don't know, because he becomes a very powerful Jedi. And it would have been interesting to see if Qui-Gon would have lived, what would have happened. Yeah. So I just like seeing... I always think about that. Just I always wonder what if with Star Wars. How Obi-Wan became who he is, and I think it has a lot to do with Qui-Gon. So yeah. He's probably my favorite. Grant, if you had to describe a Star Wars character you've seen, which one would be your favorite, just from aesthetic appearance? From this one? If you, yeah, if you if you've seen characters from this one. There's pictures <laughs> in the middle of the book too. Oh, there are. Yeah. Oh, I see. So just Google Star Wars characters. It's like this one's cool. I like this red dude. Darth yes, Maul. Darth Maul. Yes, thank you. Hey, it looks sweet. I'd kick his ass, though. So. <laughs> he, he probably would. He just dances really fancy with a, a laser sword. 
I don't think you need hey, a laser sword. Anakin calls that a laser sword. He does. That's why I keep saying that. I thought last night, I was like, dude, I bet that's what Grant would connect with in this movie. Mm-hmm. Anakin's like, is that a laser sword? Like the jet? And he's like, oh, yes, it is. Backhand his ass dumb. <laughs> Grant single handedly taking on a Sith Lord. <laughs> so I'm not going to pick Darth Maul because I feel like that's a given. So I'll do like an honorary mention. Um, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> is that the one that sounds like he's me yeah, he's like, da, 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 da. like he talks like I don't know like he's special this is bad boy George Lucas gets a lot of flack because people think he's racist in his story writing and a lot of the alien creatures they do seem to have a resemblance to a certain like ethnicity or like I, I'm not gonna say that I agree with these people but I will say I, I do notice the things they're like referring to and it's kind of hard to like ignore when you watch the movies again like Jar Jar Binks Jamaican the, the ears are as long as dreadlocks and, you know I don't know Yikes. but anyways that leads me to our fun fact did you guys notice that one up there? yeah that's crazy <laughs> can we just alright look not only did he want to like voice him originally he wanted to like play him like physically like Jar Jar Binks was not going to be a CGI character just picture how the landscape of Star Wars changes when you throw Michael Jackson in the mix. For hey, one, moonwalk everywhere. I, I was gonna say for <laughs> one, the, the moonwalk jokes that he could throw in there, and people like, "Oh, he said it," or "Oh, he did it," you know, like. But like, <laughs> come here, little honey. <laughs> oh god. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's all. I, like when I read that, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, cause. Annie and Jar Jar have so many scenes together. They got a lot. Like when they're getting that little air taxi. Yeah. Like he's sitting next to him. Like, can you imagine Michael Jackson like moonwalks and like sits down like <laughs> like <laughs> Dude, Annie would have turned Sith real quick. <laughs> did you know that Michael Jackson did play Captain EO and George Lucas's Captain EO. See, I didn't know that. I have no idea what it is, but it's in this uh, Star Wars year-by-year year, visual chronicle book <laughs> that I have. Very nice book. Very nice. George, George Lucas did turn down Michael Jackson. for He did consider, actually. But he turned him down just because of uh, the Jedi Temple having younglings. Do you want sitting there like, wait, is this true? <laughs> it's in an interview. That's okay. Anakin gets touchy with him later. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, he does. With his laser sword. <laughs> so. Ow! This is, yikes. Did somebody give me a touchy? <laughs> I think I could do it. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> when I read that, I couldn't fucking believe it. I really couldn't. And I get, like, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Fucking shit, man. Michael Jackson was it. Yeah. Late 80s, early 90s. And Lucas started, like, outlining the story in 93. Mm-hmm. So, I get it. You see him doing the moonwalk on the Coca-Cola commercial or whatever. And it oh, kind of looks like it'd be on an Imperial ship. It's like... He's dressing like a freaking general. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, get him in there. 
Why not? What color lightsaber would Michael Jackson have? Rainbow. <laughs> Dude, that would be cool, actually. Skittles lightsaber. I'd get rid of it. I'd, I'd stop. I'd... It just wouldn't make sense. I think like... it would be white. I do, too. I... I really do. I think it, I think it'd have a gold hilt. I think it'd just be a pure white beam of energy, yeah, like or um, yeah. Ahsoka in the. Uh, yeah, Megalorian. I'm serious. So, I think, I think he would have, like what you're saying, a white beam of light. <coughs> but I think eventually it would turn red. Okay. Just because he, like he. If they base his character off of like how he was in real life, he went from being like. <laughs> so you're saying he would become a Sith? Yeah. Cause, okay. I, mean, I feel like the Sith some, would probably deny him though. Like he did. Yeah, he did some fucked up shit. He could just become like a bounty hunter or something. No. But he has like an age limit. What if twelve? <laughs> Too old. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I guess I should just say I, I really am a fan of Michael Jackson. It's just funny to like... It's funny to make fun of him. I mean, it doesn't hurt him. He's not here, so... I know. I, I really like his music, though, and I've always been a fan of his, so... It's just... Yeah. When I read that, I was like, man, the amount of jokes there would be now if he was in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, man. They probably would have went back and took him out and put CGI Jar Jar in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. kind of hard to make money on a movie with a pedophile in it. Hey, <laughs> now. It's okay. You can't hear it now. Anyway. Um, Moonwalking. Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Jar Jar heading from where the Gun-Guns live underwater to Theed, the capital of Naboo, uh, to rescue Senator Amidala. Not right. Senator, sorry. Queen Amidala. Um... <clears throat> What did y'all think of that scene when they were in the Bongo, I think it's called? Uh, pretty much their submarine. Um, with like, like the, the monsters. Creatures yes. and crap? I thought it was pretty neat. Did you see a clip of it? No, I actually watched it. I'm just fucking with it. You did he, watch it? Dude, dude he watched the movie. I'm, we've been messing with you. Oh, did you really? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Peace. All right. Well, then. No, but being honest, um, I actually remember that being the first thing when I saw it in theaters. I saw it with my best friend and his grandpa. He took us to see it. That was the first thing in the movie where I was like, whoa, this is a big movie. You know what I just remembered? I watched an animated Star Wars when I was a little kid. What was it? Was it like the TV? I, I don't remember. It I wasn't remember. Family Guy, was it? No. Or I say Family Guy's done Star Wars. Fam- Family Guy was like a fucking cardinal sin in my house for some reason. Same. But I grew up watching Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I'm on another. <laughs> Anyways, oh, you, you you grew up watching I... Squidbillies. <laughs> Squeebie. <laughs> no, it, it was based around Anakin. In what was it? That would be uh, the Clone Wars. I was six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I was six, somewhere around there. Yeah, it might be the 2D because that came out Um, in like 2005. But, like, one of the things I remember was, like, they, like, tattooed Anakin with, like, 
Uh, leeches. Mm-hmm. I've seen that one. Were they trying to suck the sin out of them, or what? no? I actually forget what that is. It's been a very okay, long time since I've seen it, but about? I know exactly what you're talking about. I actually love that. I have an action figure of that version of Anakin. If you if you huh. show me if it's in this office, not I will here. tell you. But I it's in my the basement. more I sit here and think about it, I'm like, that's fascinating. That. Yeah. So I'm gonna get into that really quick. Or did you want Jordan to answer your question? Oh, yeah. Yes. You were asked a question. I got you off. I, I'm not oh, you're fine. here today. You're fine. So, you what did you think it. about the scene when they're underwater after leaving the gun guns? I thought it was cool because, like I said, with the pod racing, it gives you an idea of how vast and interesting each planet is. Mm-hmm. So, like, Naboo is one of the more pretty planets. I mean, you've got your waterfalls, your greenery, and your... Uh, I don't know, a pretty diverse ecosystem mm-hmm. underwater and above. So I think it's cool because you, you get to see a bunch of, like, on-land Naboo. So it's cool to see, like, what was under the water. And I thought it was interesting that they live in those, like, domes mm-hmm. underwater. I thought that was pretty cool. That was cool. Did you know that in the book, they so they only had, like, four monsters in the movie. In the book, it explains that they were... Um, like dodging i guess dozens of sea monsters Hmm. like there was just a shit ton of them down there that they were dodging versus the four that we've seen there's always a bigger fish always a bigger fish yeah Yeah. i i remember like i said that was a really big impact on me in the theater i was like Mm -hmm. whoa but now watching it i think the the monsters look kind of friendly yeah i keep one as a pet I'm, I'm being serious. I, I don't think they look, like, threatening anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of the, the – de- not the design, the CGI, which yeah. back then that was the best they could do. So oh, I'm yeah. not knocking it. But now it's just kind of like, oh, there's there's a big guy. You mm-hmm. know? I like the Jedi respirators. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the book, it explains that, like – so they went so far under. Like, it was pitch black, and they were worried about losing Jar Jar in the swim. And then they oh, no. finally – sort of seeing like a beam of light at a distance and then they made it there and they were like what are these dome like things they're like this is so weird and you can kind of see obi-wan like look at himself while he's walking through it and they're like oh wow this is pretty cool it just it keeps the water out and it you could just kind of suck through it yeah they actually did a good job with that they did that was that was impressive how they executed that I think the like he was saying though like just the the set design for that world is like really well done. Um, they actually filmed uh, in a I don't I don't want to say it was a castle but it was like a yeah a palace or something. Mm-hmm. Like anytime they're inside a building on that planet, I thought that was pretty cool because yeah. I actually just assumed that was CGI for the most part as well. That so was all real. <clears throat> so in the beginning of the movie. When um, Newt Gunray and Dalte Dauphine is talking to Sidious, saying the ambassadors are Jedi, we dare not go against them. In the movie, all Sidious says is, I don't want that stunted slime in my sight again. Mm-hmm. In the book, he says, you seem more worried about these Jedi than you are about me, Dauphine. And then he says, that I don't want that stunted slime in my sight. And to me, that just, like, shows how powerful and how scary 
Sidious actually was versus the, oh, I don't want to see him in my sight, like, piss off kind of thing. And, I mean, granted, their, their uh, species is naturally a cowardly species anyway, but then whenever you have that, like, uh, <coughs> New Gunray was constantly thinking, like, don't be nervous, don't be nervous, like, I'm terrified, all this other stuff. Like, he was always scared, and anytime you saw Palpatine as a hologram talking to him, he was thinking, I hope he's out of sight. I hope Dauphine's out of sight from what Palpatine can see because he knew that he wasn't supposed to be there whenever Sidious was talking to them, which I thought was a cool detail. Um, you just brought me to a point I wanted to bring up. Um, Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know... Like, when you first watched the movie... Like, do you guys remember the first time you saw that movie? Not really. I've seen it so many times. Do you feel like... At least... Okay, so either did you know or do you, do you feel like that when you did, you knew that or suspected that Palpatine was also Sidious? No. See, I did, being very honest. I just... And it's not because I knew that that was, like, the original actor. Yeah. Uh, it was just because... The way he cared, like, and I, this is giving credit to, like, the writing and his performance. Yeah. When you see him as the Chancellor, like, I think he carries himself in a way that he's, he looks like he is trying to sell to you that he is a good guy. Yeah. Like, so it's not knocking his performance of his character, it's knocking the performance that the the Sith is giving yeah. in the movie, which is brilliant. Like, he's overcompensating, but almost. I do remember thinking, like, I think that's the same guy, like... Yeah. So it was cool for me to realize, especially like in the next one when you see him in Anakin, you can tell he's. Yeah. Each of those movies, like, you can kind of see that more and more. Like, hmm, this yeah. is interesting. And I don't know. I I just like watching it now. I'm just like I I see exactly what you're saying. I'm like, he's just overcompensating, and oh yeah, you can tell he favors Anakin the moment he laid eyes on him and realized like, ooh, that. Well, and that's that's, that's kind of why I wonder if he did, in a sense, get uh, Shmi pregnant. Yeah. However, he did it, but I'm very curious about that. Yeah. But then that could lead to like really muddying the water of like lineage when it comes to the Skywalker family. Right. Because that would mean if you count the last three as canon, which a lot of people refuse to do. That would mean that Ray is technically related to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Because Palpatine is her dad, but he's also right. Anakin's dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, so what would you guys say about? I, I don't know. I don't know a good way to say this. I don't care if I upset people. I think the ending of this movie sucks. Past. Past the the final battle, like Qui Gon's funeral. No, no, no. Like the ending, like. Oh, the celebration! Yeah, and they're like all up on the steps, and like, it just looked like a rip off of New Hope. Like, to me, it's like let's get the Jedi's and everyone involved in the story lined up on a big set of stairs, and then have a bunch of people cheering and have some upbeat music, and then you have all the main characters kind of look at each other and do like that nod thing, and like. And then, and then they hold up that orb, which mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up. Yeah. It's, a, it's an orb of peace. Yeah. 
don't know. I just thought the ending was kind of like, like it, it just kind of, it was like, oh, this is the first of this trilogy. Let's copy what we did in the other first of our last trilogy. Right. Well, so when Anakin, and I say this kind of referencing similarities to that, Anakin destroying the Trade Federation's, um, like the the uh, donut like thing, drawing a blank, can't think of the name of it. Uh, that was in reference to Luke destroying the first Death, Death Star. Hmm. And George Lucas said that in the behind-the-scenes thing, um, was the shield generator is that to was, simulate. That was cool. Yeah. I, I used to think I didn't like that, like, oh, Anakin flew this out in the space somehow, and then, but that was actually a pretty cool yeah. sequence they did with that. Which, so the reason why he was able to fly that was because whenever they were going to Coruscant, Anakin was learning the controls there. And so he was trying to think back, like, oh, he said this is always on the right. Or he said, you know, this is this and that is this. And so he was kind of thinking, like, what here could be similar to that? And that's why he was able to fly that was because mm -hmm. of the quick little lesson he had going to Coruscant with um, the uh, Padme ship. That makes sense. I... Back to the ending, I feel like, me personally, the movie was done with Qui-Gon's funeral. I thought that was a really, like, nice, well-done scene. Yeah. The music was fitting. And I think there they could have had Annie, Anakin, standing next to Obi-Wan with his Padawan haircut. Mm -hmm. cool. Have everyone kind of do whatever, look at each other they need to do for whatever reason, and then go to credits. I don't... Yeah. Having this, like, you know, big upbeat I think celebration... It just felt like they were copying A New Hope, like, yeah. straight up. And it's funny, I never thought about it. I, I don't know why I was looking into this movie so hard last night. I couldn't just, like, sit back and enjoy it like yeah. I usually do, but I don't know if it's because I was taking notes, but I was just like, that was, un I don't know, the ending was just very unnecessary. And then to hold up this orb like it means something, like, do right. they reference that earlier in the movie? No. No. Yeah, like, I literally had to look it up, and George Lucas has said that, yeah, it's it signifies the peace between... Uh, their people and the Gung Gungans and it's like yeah. well okay I mean they were already like at peace when they were fighting the the, the right so I don't it was, it's just a weird I idea. think it was more of like a public display of peace between the two for the planet like if I am not a Star Wars person and I don't already have to tell myself like oh that probably has some stupid meaning that doesn't mean anything at all so I just watch this movie. I'm going to be like, oh, that orb must mean something. And then I'm going to watch the second one and be like, where's that orb at? Right. You know, it's like, what the, what, what is that? Yeah. So it's just, it's weird that that is literally the center, like, focus of the last shot of the movie. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. But yeah, I don't know. Qui-Gon's funeral was really well done. I think they yeah. should have just left it at that. But. That's the thing about that. So Qui-Gon didn't have a typical Jedi funeral. No, he didn't. Um, and the reason behind it was because the planet Naboo requested that the funeral be held there. And they also built like a monument of Qui-Gon on the planet. And it was due to his sacrifice for mm -hmm. the planet itself, and which I thought was a cool little thing that they added into that um, in the Star Wars world. I, I like how they did that. It was pretty much to thank Qui-Gon and remember him which has played into the second movie a little bit. Um, do, do, did you guys care at all about the politics in this story? Not necessarily. didn't really even understand it the first time I watched it. Yeah, I, I kind of get confused with the politics, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I feel like George Lucas felt like because people question the first three movies, like, oh, he's an emperor. How did he obtain that mm-hmm. position? What, you know, what does that mean? What, what does he delegate? You know, like, so Lucas is sitting there like, I got to come up with like a whole structure of government. And I, and I just yeah. think it's like too much and he doesn't have enough time to really let it breathe to make sense. So I, it, it just feels like so unnecessary. And like I said, when the crawl was highlighting it, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Cause like I said, that movie was sold for kids. Like right. I remember the marketing. It was like, Oh man, this is going to be cool. Like if you're a kid, yeah. And then for the dads that saw it when they were, you know, teenagers, right. like, oh, cool. But, yeah, I'm like, kids don't care about all this trade federation no, and blah, blah, blah. Like, and then, but like I said, watching it as an adult, I still don't care about right. it. It doesn't really play any effect into the story or, I don't know. So, but I was just wondering if I was alone on that. I'm going to say you're alone on that now. Okay. Yeah. I do want to talk about how remarkable it is that this movie made the amount of money that it did in freaking two thousand what 1999 uh yes oh, it wasn't even 2000 yet yeah. yeah it made a lot of money and i mean dude that's like that's like avatar numbers right there yeah. like <laughs> especially versus the budget oh yeah i think i, I can't read it it was like 80 something times the amount of budget they got back in box office it's, it's really impressive. And I don't... So, I don't think this movie is a good movie. I think it is a good Star Wars story. Yes. And then, like, the second one, which we'll cover eventually, I think that is a good movie. I don't necessarily like the story. So, it's funny how I switch. And then the third one, I feel like, combines both aspects mm-hmm. perfectly, which is why it's my favorite. But... Yeah, I, I think that this first one isn't really a good movie, and the only reason it did that well was just for the n- nostalgia mm-hmm. feeling of like, oh, it's Star Wars, so dads yeah. were just taking their kids, and that's why it was marketed to kids, so they'd be excited too, yeah. and they're getting all toys and all that crap. It's like I had action figures and stuff for this movie, you know, yeah. I was all about it. Um, but, I, and I think I was telling you, you know, Avatar came out what 12 years ago from now or something crazy and now the sequel is just coming out yeah the highest grossing film in history it's like why did it take so long but i think i see why because now it's breaking its own record yeah you know and i think you know because the original star wars trilogy was setting records for its time Mm -hmm. then you go all this time without any star wars stories and then boom you got the original creator directing it it's Mm -hmm. fully his vision i mean i think so that speaks a lot to what happens when you let directors do their thing. Yep. They already have an IP with the credibility that right. he had. I don't know. It's pretty fascinating. I, that really surprised me. Yeah. For a movie that came out in the 90s to make over a billion dollars like that. Yeah, that's wild. So, I don't know. Definitely. Kudos to them for that. <clears throat> Are there any... Uh, where are we at here? 12 minutes. Any last thoughts on this movie? I think it's really important to watch if you're going to get into Star Wars. I mean, like you said, it's not really that interesting of a movie just by itself, but mm. when you place it next to all the other movies, it it gives you a good idea of how things came to be. I'm with you. I like Origins, <laughs> yeah. which is why, like, we talked about this on our other episode, like, the Joker movie is so good because it gives you 
not the canon backstory to Joker, but it gives you a reason why a guy could become this crazy yeah. clown serial killer. And it's cool to see an origin story like that. So, Grant, I will say I disagree with anyone who says you shouldn't start with this movie because if you were going to get into Star Wars, uh, this is literally the starting of the story. Like, I know there's uh, books and even computer video games that focus on stories before this, but like in the cinematic world of this IP, this is where you start started. the Skywalker story. Yeah. Gotcha. And there's a lot of people that will argue and say you should watch it how it released. released. But I completely disagree. And that's why we're covering the movies in the order that yeah. we are. Because I, I think this is just where you have to start. Yeah, I agree. I watched it originally. So this kid I grew up with, he uh, he lived down the street before his family moved. Um, he is the reason why I got into Star Wars. And we were at his house hanging out, and we watched episode four. That was the first movie I ever seen. And it just it kind of blew my mind. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Like... And from there, the rest is history. It, it is what it is today to me. And, but, I'm getting the the girlfriend to watch it now. And we started with this movie. I don't think Abby's ever gonna watch it. She said now she's changed the stipulation. We have to have a house so she can watch it in a oh. big living room on a couch with a big TV. Next, you got to own a movie theater. Yeah, my wife told me if I watched New Girl, she would watch Star Wars. I watched New Girl almost a year ago. Anyway. Still has the same Star Wars. I do like New Girl. I named our Golden Retriever after my favorite character in the show. So, <clears throat> But anyways. But yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, for the story, I, I, I agree with you. I'd recommend watching episode one, starting there, and then just working your way through. So you said six. four was your first one? Four was the first one I ever Dude, watched. Dude, Empire Strikes Back was the first Star Wars movie I watched. Really? Watched with my dad. Yeah. And it's because my dad doesn't really view them as like a story you need to follow. Mm -hmm. He was just like, oh yeah, this was a cool movie. Mm -hmm. So I watched it, and then like I went to the library and saw there was one that came out before it. <laughs> So I think it's funny that I actually started Star Wars watching it out of order mm -hmm. when it's already out of order right. and how it's released. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited to tackle. Don't worry about all your notes, Dima, because you can reference them for the other talks we have because all the movies are a part of the same story. So. <laughs> I'm with you. I got, I got so much crap. I've... Yeah, I take about three, four pages of notes between the two books and the movie. And yeah, Grant, I was like really curious if you... A, we're going to try to watch it, and then B, if you actually found something that you can enjoy. Because like I said, I don't think it's a good movie. Yeah, I, It has a lot of errors. Like I've literally got notes of errors when it comes to making a movie where they really drop the ball. It's actually George Lucas, because he's the one that directed the movie. I don't think he's necessarily a great director. I think he knows that, because he actually tried to get Steven Spielberg... Yeah. Um, Ron Howard oh, there's like a bunch of directors he was like trying desperately to get to do these movies but anyways it I was curious to see if you did watch it and found something because like I said you you not knowing the story it's building up to that's the whole point of liking this movie is like you know what it's building up to right so if you don't know that and you sit down and watch it I don't know what you could find about that you would enjoy I really I really don't so Grant, it's not like a good sci-fi movie, like on its yeah. own, right? So Grant, after all this, are you open to giving it a shot? 
Like without. <laughs> That's a fuck, no. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, Look, Grant's ready to talk about sports movies, <laughs> American snipers. No, I, we're, we're ready I to really, get into some cool shit, right, Eva? We're done being nerds. I really have thought about it. Just something to do. Nah, don't worry about it. Seriously, though, we are going to cover a Star Wars movie once a month. Um, and we will try to pressure Grant into watching each one just because it's fun to do. It'd be funny to get you to watch one just randomly out of order, and you just really like it, but you refuse to watch anything else. <laughs> that would really piss people off. <laughs> I'm good at doing that. If, if you were going to do that, it'd be episode three. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it with you. That movie, man. Oh, yeah. God, it's so good. Oh, yeah, speaking of that, so uh, where are we at on the timer? Uh, seven minutes. So, this has been Star Wars Episode 1, Phantom Menace. Like I said, we're going to be doing this once a month. Um, Feel free to comment down below, DM us, let us know what you guys think, if you disagree with us, if you think we're really good at talking about this stuff, if you think we should stop. Uh, We don't really care, just let us know what you got to say. Be a part of the conversation. Um, Things to look forward to. We have an episode coming out on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's going to be interesting. We're going to watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the 70s or whatever it was. Something like that. And then we're going to watch the brand new one that just came out on Netflix last year. And then we're going to talk about them and compare them. And we're going to have a uh, special guest on the show who is an expert at horror movies and specifically Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that'll be interesting. And then we also have our first responders podcast, which is uh, to be decided. (laughs) But it is in the works. I'm very excited for that one. We also have a podcast on Ant-Man. Um, I'm doing one on a Western movie called The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And is there anything else I'm forgetting? There's just... I don't know. We're doing a lot of movies. There's a lot of movies. Yeah. If you guys want to hear us discuss a movie that you feel like we may not discuss, please let us know because we are taking recommendations. There's one movie that I want to do. Um, oh, we are doing American Sniper and Hurt Locker and Lone Survivor in a combined epic of modern day warfare. Forgot about that one. So we have those <laughs> there. There's one that I want to do. It's something that we're going to talk about behind the scenes. Uh, one that kind of relates to what my um, past has been. Um something that I've grown up with and been with my entire life so uh, we'll talk about it behind the scenes and if that's something that we all want to do together sweet if not uh, I think I'm sold already because it sounds like good content for our viewers yeah so um, I think I'm on board so yeah it'll uh is it the Justin Bieber movie yeah <laughs> it, yeah uh, yeah, I was hoping me. that was gonna be it. But uh, no, it'll it'll kind of give people uh, it'll give you guys as the viewers uh, and you guys sitting here kind of like uh, why maybe why I am the way I am type of deal. So hmm. uh, okay. Oh, yeah. which that leads me into another episode we're gonna do eventually. For anyone who cares, you might wonder how us four eclectic gentlemen came to be in each other's lives. It's a pretty interesting story. Um, some of us used to work together, and that place of employment is a story in itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll be a fun episode. That's literally just going to be an episode. We're just going to talk about us because we're very conceited. 
So look forward to that one. But uh, besides that, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, be a part of the discussion. Hit the thumb on hand, whether it's up or down, we don't care. Um, anybody got anything else you want to say? No. Sound good. Alrighty. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Bye.